0: There are a few colder parts of Arizona, but in Phoenix, Arizona, no one—if you ask somebody what is a block heater in Phoenix, Arizona—I don't think many people could would have even a clue what that is. They would just say, "I don't even know what you're talking about."
1: Yeah, you know, we 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 wouldn't get from A to B up here if we didn't have those.
0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, um, so I uh, for whatever reason I. Uh, I have some speaking gigs over the next two months. And one of them is in Duluth, Minnesota, which is very cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Then I have one in in Toronto, which is very cold. Then I have one in Dickinson, North Dakota, which is very cold. And then Denver, Colorado, which is very cold. So the whole time, I'm just going to be traveling to very cold, not that beautiful places this time of year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Well, you know how to pick them. You could (sighs) have scheduled those in the summer, maybe.
0: That's what I, well, I'm going to, to the people in Duluth, I'm going to be like, Hey, next time for whoever's the com- on the committee planning this event next year, go to like Scottsdale or, or St. Petersburg, Florida, or there's a lot of other places we can do this guys. You don't have to do it here. You don't have to do it yeah. here. You can take, yeah. take your spouse, you go to Scottsdale, you hang out by the pool during the day, you meet during the evening, life's grand.
1: I think it's an easy sell.
0: Yeah. Do your Do your parents stick around in the winter?
1: Yeah, for the most part, they they usually go somewhere warm for a week or two. Yeah, whether it's Hawaii, they used to go to Lahaina. Oh um, yeah, but we know that that's not really a hot tourist location right now. Sure. Um. So maybe Florida or something this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um. I um. I uh friend of mine, Jason he will be here in a few days and he lives on Maui um, and runs a company doing the cleanup, some of the cleanup. Oh, that's uh the Truex, Truex, right? No, that's Kimo uh, and oh, Kimo's Kimo, is doing, okay. yeah, Kimo is doing some of the, there, there's a lot of companies working in Lahaina with how much work there yeah. is. But I think, um, yeah, they, they just started to wrap up Hazmat. And they're now into actually cleaning up, which is, it's I don't know if exciting is the right word, but it's, it's mm-hmm. good that they're making progress, but it's just going to be, a long road. It won't be the same for, it's it won't ever road, be the same, yeah. but it, it, it's going to be years and years and years and years before that place is even back on its feet, which is pretty yeah. wild.
1: Yeah. Oh, and didn't I hear that there's that one giant tree there? Didn't it survive? You know, it, the one?
0: I think it did. Yeah. I'm not. It took a beating,
1: I'm, but I, I heard this was way back when it all kind of happened, but I heard that it was still
0: alive. Yeah. They do, they did a, um, I feel like they did like some kind of documentary on it about yeah. how it has like this one little leaf popping out of it, or or it, or it did, and they're like, "Oh, it's alive!" Like they yeah. that was the, well, that was one of the big concerns. Is it's this gigantic tree? It's been there forever, like this historic yeah. landmark. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's I guess still alive. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, so I'm there, not there's some a tree hope. guy though. There's some hope. Yeah. No, there's plenty of hope. It's it's amazing how resilient people are, and chemo mm-hmm. has been a big part of that. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been following. Isn't that crazy, though, with social media, how you can, you know, follow people that are there. And so while you get all this information from all the media sources, you'll get a totally different stream of information from somebody living it every day. Yeah. And it's so it's so valuable to have somebody there. Uh, For anything, really, that can actually speak to what's going on with their personal experience. And not that that's like the right perspective or the only one, but it's so cool how social media gives you the ability to to have that for the first time really ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And it's not being it's not being filtered or anything. It's just raw, you know, day by day, minute by minute kind of a, a screenplay of what's what's really going on.
0: Yeah, 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 it's amazing um but i guess that brings me to what you're doing i uh man i love following along with what you're doing it is so you do such a nice <laughs> cool. job bringing people along i i love being hey, i think that's one of the most compelling things about what you're doing is you're building these many worlds but you're not just like ta-da here it is mm-hmm. you're you're making people part of the process along the whole way like like exactly. when you're buying the models and when you're tearing them apart and you're making them, you're weathering them. It's, it's so neat to be a part of it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, for me, the product is cool, but like I enjoy the process. And so, you know, I thought, why, why not share the process with everyone else? Maybe, maybe they'll care. Yeah. And apparently well, they, a couple people do more than I ever imagined would.
0: Dude, it's kind more of blown me couple. away. More yeah. than you, your stuff is blown up. I was looking at it the other day. I was like, damn, you're. You're reaching a ton of people with what you're doing.
1: Yeah. It's mind blowing. Like back in the day when I would build something as a woodworker, I would post it and I'd get like 10 likes and six comments from friends and family on Facebook. that's what I was used to. Yeah. Yeah. So Now like social media is just a totally different animal these days. I don't have to tell you that,
0: but it's just, it's crazy to me. It is. well, Well, I, uh, I bought this, you have these funny experiences, with social media. I bought a, um, just like some small holster for, um, uh, a nine millimeter because we can have those in America. unlike Canada. Oh yeah. Yeah. You guys are bad. Uh, we can have those. And, um, I get, I get, I get the package delivered and, uh, it's the guy that owns the company and, and, and on the invoice says love following your page. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. I just found this totally randomly nothing to do with social media <laughs> and here we are having this this connection because of social media how funny is that
1: yeah no kidding hey yeah
0: yeah wow um uh you started though woodworking and like you said what was what was your first what were your first woodworking projects how did you even get into models to begin with
1: like so back in grade six you can pick a cup pick from a couple of options i wanted to go into our class our class is full so I got put into shop. I was kind of pissed off about it at the time, yeah. um, but fell in love with it. And the first thing we made there was on a scroll saw. I don't know, don't know if you know what a scroll saw is, but it's kind of like a, a table mounted, really fine jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And so we, I would cut these intricate animal shaped puzzles on the scroll saw and uh-huh. I would give it to my mom or my aunt. And, you know, it's really, I, I, that's where I really fell in love with it. I see. And so I asked for a scroll saw for Christmas. My parents are really supportive. They're awesome. I get a scroll saw and eventually I kind of get into building these scale model, uh, models, models of construction equipment.
0: Okay. Um, that's, that's pretty cool of your parents to get you a saw. I mean, I guess um, your family's been in construction, so they're a little closer to blue collar than at least mine are. But if I asked my parents for a scroll saw when I was in sixth grade, they'd just be like, what are you talking about, and then they yeah buy me another Lego set, yeah, <laughs> I was a big Lego Lego kid too, <laughs> yeah. but uh you know my dad he
1: he's always had a, a little shop and he had some really basic tools um but he didn't didn't have a scroll saw, and that's what I wanted, so they got me the scroll saw it was an entry level machine, you know not not the high end one by any means, yeah, and'cause they don't know if I, like if this kid is serious or if it's just gonna be a fad, is he really gonna use it, so they get it for me. And within a couple of months, I burnt out the motor because I used it so much. Wow. So, and, and wow. that was the begin, be, beginning of it all. From there, every birthday or Christmas, I'd want, you know, a new tool. Maybe I want a chop saw. My my twin brother, he wants an iPad, but I yeah. want a chop saw so I can cut straight pieces of wood, <laughs> which I can't do on a scroll saw. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> And um, so my
0: workshop kind of grew from there. And so you started building these construction models. But then they, they started to get pretty elaborate because I know I remember when I visited the office mm, like two years ago. It was a while yeah, ago Yeah, Yeah, both that. Uh, you pointed the first thing you see are some of your models in the office and you pointed out like, yeah, that, I made those back in the day. Uh, and they're they're pretty intricate. They're pretty phenomenal for yeah. being models back in the day.
1: Yeah, like some of those models, like I started off with um, you could buy these blueprints for the first one I bought was for like a cat excavator. I didn't know my um model types or anything at the time, but looking at it now I can see it's like a cat two twenty five or two thirty five excavator. Uh-huh. Bought the plans for that. Um and then got home with my dad and opened up the plans and looked at it and I'm like, Well, I don't know how the hell I'm gonna build this. Like I don't have wood that thick. I don't know how to make it that thick. I don't know how to cut this. And so at first it was super like overwhelming. And I guess eventually I, I built that model excavator and then I built a couple more from those same the same company that made those plans. And they were pretty easy to follow after some time. But then I wanted to make other pieces of equipment that there were no plans for. Mm-hmm. And so I got into designing my own models. So I built that uh, big Lee Bear it was an LR 1300 crawler crane. And I always get fixated on things. And for some reason, that crane just grabbed me and I had sure. to build it.
2: Yeah.
1: And so that was in grade, I think, started grade nine, finished in grade 10. Really? And then, yeah.
0: And it's like, I mean, it's pretty tall. I feel like I remember yeah. it being as tall as me,
1: or if not taller. Yeah, it's, it's the luffer on it is angled down so it fits in the lobby of the office. But <laughs> fully extended, it'll, it's 13 feet.
0: And entirely out of wood.
1: Entirely out of wood. Like I, I walk past that thing and I'm, I'm scared to look at it cause I can't believe it's still standing. And I'm just waiting for the day it crumbles. <laughs> That's <laughs> like incredible. a stack of dominoes. Like, yeah. You know.
0: And at this time, I know you're still working in a garage, but were you just in your parents' garage or what did that look like? Yeah. What does your shop look like?
1: Yeah. My shop was just a corner of my, my dad's shop. And like, uh... like, man, that guy put up with a lot of shit. Cause like I, I made a mess. I didn't clean up after myself. And even though I was cleaning up the stuff I left lying around, like just the dust are created. And, you know, he's, he's got a helicopter, as you know, we went for lunch and stuff and he yeah. keeps it in there too. And he would, he would just dust it off. He never complained about the dust. <laughs> and I don't know, like, like I would complain.
0: <laughs> I, um I, I look back on, so my parents got, um parents got divorced when I was probably like, 12, which was, you know, the typical child trauma of the accompanying that. But, but there were some really cool things about the divorce too. It just opened up a whole new world of possibilities for me. And one of the possibilities was aquariums. Because if I asked my, right. my father for an aquarium, I didn't, I, I knew not to ask my father for an aquarium because I it just wasn't even going to be in a conversation. But my mom, yeah, I could have an aquarium and, and I could have a big aquarium, like whatever could fit in my room was was game, and so I bought this monster monster aquarium uh off craigslist and and moved it into the room and and it was just an absolute uh nightmare in in every respect, but my mom, for whatever reason, was so cool about it, and every time I had to go buy some coral off some stranger on Craigslist as like a 14-year-old kid. I couldn't legally drive, so I would need my mom to take me to some guy's house. Mm-hmm. And I'd, she'd wait outside while I'd go into some stranger's house to go into their aquarium to grab a coral and then bring it out in a Ziploc baggie after giving the guy 40 <laughs> bucks whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> I look back at them like, why did my mom let me do that? <laughs> and I'm so, yeah. I'm so glad she did. But it's like, what? 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 how did I get away with that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy what parents just kind of what they're willing to support. Sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and they're not always willing to support stuff too. I, I, unfortunately, a lot of parents, and I'm I'm grateful. And it seems like you've had parents that have just been yeah. like, "Hey, you do you. Whatever it is, you do you." And, yeah. and you're not yeah, you're not doing rails, drugs.
1: But, yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll, exactly. We'll yeah. buy you some
1: wood, and you can make some sawdust. But at yeah. least you're not doing drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um. Professionally speaking, uh, you have you always been at BlueCon, or what is what has your career actually been like?
1: Yeah, so I've always been at BlueCon. Like after graduating high school, um, in that summer between you know graduating and starting post secondary, um, I started working labor at BlueCon. Um, I was flagging traffic. Well, I, I was actually working in the shop as like a you know cleaning the floors and. Wash equipment, stuff like that, and then um, eventually got into a job site as a laborer, which is pretty awesome after being cooped up in the shop. Yeah. You wanted to go and work where the action really happened, and so between going to uh, school, um, I would work labor in the summer and get some field experience there, uh, which is awesome. I enjoyed that, and um, and then after that, after finishing post secondary, I did. Um, I went to a technical school here um, for civil engineering technology, so it's wow. like a two-year diploma. Uh, but it's more of a, I guess, a practical and hands-on approach to civil engineering compared to a degree. Yeah, you, know, you can't stamp drawings, but you have a pretty good understanding of what's going on, which um, is which is awesome.
0: Like, but ironically, that's probably better than what you get in a degree because I got the degree. That that's right. It, it, yeah, there's there's. Nothing practical. Nothing practical. It is all theory and is all math. And you get out of school, you don't know how to design anything. You actually go learn engineering in the four years after you go to school. It is all just math. That's it. That's it. You can't design anything after.
1: Yeah. Math and like, I guess, teaching you how to learn, I guess, is the other big thing you get out of that. But
0: yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. how to, how to multiply everything by like three, just in case you did your math wrong. Like, (laughs) all right, this is the number for sure. Just multiply it by three, just to be sure, just to be, and we're going to call it a factor of safety to make it sound really cool. But all that is, is just in case we got our math wrong, we're at least a little bit better off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We can sleep at night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, we'll, so,
1: we'll still put the risk on the contractor, though. That's
0: for sure. 100%. Yeah. Why would the engineers take on any risk, man? <laughs> um, uh, were you, as you were starting to then get into being a professional after school, how old are you? Are we similar? Age? I'm 27. I think all close right, to you. I think a little, little younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm 28. So almost, almost the same. As you started to get into the professional world, were you still doing models on the side? Did it stop at all?
1: Oh well, it it slowed down a lot for a bit because when I was going to school, I moved out of my parents' house into um into the city. Um uh, yeah. stayed with my brother and sister um in a little condo there. So I mean, on weekends and stuff, maybe I'd get home and do a little bit of woodworking, but when you're in post secondary man, like I I was I was a nerd. I didn't do much partying or anything fun. I was studying on weekends and trying to get, you know, good marks. Yeah, because uh, that's what I thought mattered the most of the time, sure. and so it slowed down quite a bit. Uh, but then, even when I was working in the field, you know, you work six days a week, twelve hours a day, a lot of the days. Um, and so on Sundays or rain days, maybe I'd sneak out to the shop and do a little bit. And then eventually, well, actually, I guess just two years ago, I got, uh, I moved into a small town outside of the city uh, and got a house with a garage and got all my tools at home with me now Mm. um which has been amazing because it's like 10 steps out of my back door yeah and really i couldn't be doing what i'm doing right now um driving hour every day to my parents shop to 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 make a little progress on whatever i'm building
0: sure yeah and i guess to provide people some context on work hours you're in alberta and so when the weather is good you work Essentially, you make hay when the sun shines. Yeah, make hay while sunshine, and, and then in the winter you don't really work.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm in the office, um, estimating, project managing. Um, so you know, I I do work in the winter as well. So that's my full time gig, and then nights and weekends are mine in the shop. Yeah, And that's where the dioramas come to life.
0: So how how did the diorama thing even enter the picture? How how did you get the idea for the first one?
1: Well, <laughs> so I. Yeah, so I guess I've experienced in model building with wood and it was always just wood. And then one day I was sitting at my desk at work daydreaming as you do. And I was looking at like, I had a scale, I think it was like a John Deere 200 series excavator model on my desk, probably got it when I was a kid from the dealer. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there looking at it thinking, look, man, it'd be cool to stage that, like it was craning in a stick of pipe or maybe, you know, digging a trench. Maybe I could have other pieces of equipment there. Maybe some people. It could be like a miniature construction site. And then, well, what would I put it in? Maybe maybe like a table, maybe a conference table. Uh-huh. So I got this idea in my head and, you know, the snowball just keeps going. And I can see it in my head. And so I go to my dad, who I work for, and I said, hey, dad, I got this idea for a conference table. It's going to have a scale construction site in the middle with a crew, pre-cutting, digging a trench, backfilling, compaction. And then that's going to be in the middle on the side. It's going to have edge slabs and concrete legs and a piece of PVC pipe underneath to support it structurally. And it's going to be awesome. And he's like, yeah, Ryan, like we, we got a table and I don't, I don't really get it. <laughs> I, I, I think we're okay. <laughs> I said, no, 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 man. It's, it's, it's a good idea. Let me just like draw it out. So I drew up some sketch and it was probably a pretty poor sketch because I'm not, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Um, and showed him this piece of paper and said, "Hey, listen, like, this is what it's going to look like." And he's like, "Yeah, like I still don't really get it, but it seems like it seems like you get." It. So maybe like, like what like how was it going to cost me? And I said, "I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe like five grand, and like the labor's free. I just I just need to build this thing." <laughs> <laughs> so he said, "Go for it." And uh, and that was that really. So it was just. I guess an idea that popped into my head and, um, possessed me. And I just, it it just had to, I had to get it out.
0: So the, the blue con table, the conference table was your, technically your first diorama,
1: my first diorama, my first conference table I've ever built. I mean, I built a coffee table, but never a conference table. So it was a big undertaking at the time. Like I had no idea how I was going to build it.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, and I've, I've seen this table. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I just posted a video of it the other day with you. Yeah, so yeah. Just, Thanks for that, by the way. Uh, uh, you don't have to thank me. It's, it's amazing. Um, but it, I mean, it, if you told me, yeah, it was like the 23rd one I built, I'd be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But the first one, that's wild because I, I, I built my, um, my desk that I still use. It, I, I built it in college um, because I couldn't find a desk for my, my bedroom at the time that that was the right dimensions i wanted it to be really deep um Mm. and really wide and there just wasn't one out of china that was that size surprisingly so i built it myself and you can tell i built it myself because it looks like shit and uh (laughs) it's not
1: shit it's rustic
0: (laughs) it's no it's not rustic it's just it's just trash but it still fits uh in in my current house still works like a charm but Yeah. yeah you can't you can't tell this thing was your first shot at it how um, I guess where, where do you even start on something like that?
1: Gosh, I don't know. Like the woodworking part for me was, it wasn't bad. It was, it was easy because it's kind of all the same tools and techniques, just bigger. Yeah. I just had to buy some big slabs and figure out how to get them flat. Um, and so that, that part wasn't, wasn't too bad, but the diorama itself was, it was like, yeah, it was just a totally different world. I've never I've never explored before. So I picked up like some scale railroad uh, magazines. Uh, and so, cause that was like the closest thing I could, I could find that kind of related to what I needed to do. Yeah. And so for months I had these magazines beside my bed and I would, I'd read those in bed and, and see, oh, okay, well that's how they do the dirt there. And, you know, try to pick up some techniques from the pros because uh-huh. those, those railroad guys, like they're, they're on another level. Like even compared is, to myself, like they're, they're unreal.
0: Yeah. It's this whole subculture that you don't yeah. know exists, but it is wild how, how yeah. intricate some of these little mini railroad towns are that they've yeah. spent years and years and years and years <laughs> building out. And I mean, some, like, some of them are probably millions of dollars in some oh, of these yeah. towns.
1: It's yeah. crazy. Or or they're in someone's basement and they've built it their whole life, <laughs> and it's the whole basement. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with it. What's the long term yeah. plan there? But I mean, it
0: floods or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it just keeps them content, and they like, yeah, they're just a lot of old guys and with some crazy skills. Sure, but that, so, that makes so perfect
0: sense. Huh.
1: Yeah, and then there's so there's that subculture that I discovered, but also um, the scale diecast community as well and all the people who collect models and I had no idea that any of these existed even on like social media until Mm. I posted my project Mm. and then I see I start making connections with all these people that collect models and customize models and some of them build dioramas themselves Yeah, and so it just opened up this whole world of people who work with their hands slightly different than the construction world of people working with their hands that I was used to
0: you know yeah yeah i the diorama worlds another one where i um i didn't fully appreciate it until i went with shay who i'm going to bring up later but went with shay to switzerland and we went to the eberhard museum mm-hmm. and the eberhard collection is one of the biggest diecast collections in the world if not the biggest they have i think it's
1: it's insane
0: yeah, and and what they have on display is like a small fraction of what they actually have. I feel like they have over 10,000 different models in the collection. It's it's insane. And what was really spectacular was walking with with Shay and and Ers and the other guys that were there that actually knew about these models and having them explain how rare each one was and how complex mm-hmm. each one was and how that like them basically saying like, yeah, this one doesn't, this is one of one. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And they take these real machines and they build these models. Somehow it, it is witchcraft as far as I'm concerned that are identical mm-hmm. to the actual machine. All of themselves, like on their workbench. There's no machinery. There's nothing complex have, about it, but have it's ever incredible. Heard they
1: build them themselves.
0: No, well, that's, but or, that's uh, what I mean. Like these diecast guys, like it's yeah, not, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's nothing not, elaborate.
0: No, th- no, there's nothing elaborate about it. It's so straightforward and, and, and simple if you look at it from like a big picture perspective, but it, it's, it's so incredible to see all these different models. And then the money, some of these things cost oh, is yeah. like to think that some of them are worth what a, like a pretty nice car is worth yep. is to me, mind boggling.
1: Yeah. And people yeah people have no idea.
0: No idea. i, I think well no oh,
1: maybe maybe it's a hundred bucks or something. It's just a small dinky model. It's a toy. It's a toy, they it's call a them toy. toys. Yeah. 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 But no, it's it's another world. Yeah. Um yeah, I gotta get out there to Switzerland and see that for myself sometime.
0: Oh, you would love it. Uh, it is so just visiting Eberhard is worth the trip to Europe. It is such yeah. a amazing amazing company the job sites they have are incredible the machines they have are incredible their shop is one of the craziest shops i have ever seen for any kind of construction company their branding is beautiful oh, their branding yeah they have so many work tools in their yard that they have a tower crane on a rail system to pick what work tools they need out of the yard and put them on flatbeds that's how many work tools they have They have a tower crane to pick the work tools. It's like, what is this place? Um, And then they have the museum, which is sure. They have the model collection, which is amazing. But then they also have all of the antique equipment all restored. That's spectacular, spectacular. Mm -hmm. And the whole, it's a really old company. And so they have, you go into the museum and you follow a path through the history of the business told by the antique equipment that they've restored along the way. Yeah, and it's all amazing. branded as it used to be branded and every it's like huh, what how, how do you have the time and money to do this? Yeah. Um yeah. It's it's incredible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like there's nothing else like it. Like
0: there's nothing else and, like and, it. No. And
1: I've only seen like what you've shared and what they share on their social media cuz they're they they're are kicking ass with that as well. Their social media like yeah. and their yeah, marketing yeah. like yeah, they're just phenomenal company from what I can see.
0: Yeah, you'd be over the moon and it's like You know, you'd walk into the cat dealer and the cat dealer has like an original cat tractor out front. You're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And you're like, Yeah, yeah. And that's the extent of what you really see. But then there, they're just balling out. Like, here's our full history. All sorts of machines were stored. So anyway. Um, so you're building this table. What kind of stuff really does anything really stump you on it? Like you just can't figure something out? Or what 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 did you really have to work through?
1: well, at that time, I didn't I didn't know anything about three D printers. I didn't have a three D printer, so you know everything was made by hand. The, st- the sticks of PVC pipe were straws. It took me a long time to find a straw of the right diameter <laughs> that I could use because I knew nothing about modeling supplies and that they make styrene tubing of every diameter you could imagine. Yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know what to look for that. Um, the concrete, the sticks of uh, reinforced concrete pipe, are all PVC that were. The bell and spigot were turned on a wood lathe and wow. the lifting clutches, you know, drilled in there with a the drill. And I use little nail heads for the lifting clutches. Wow. So you can't kind of, just look at like one little piece at a time and you just work through like everything else in life. You Just pick away at those small problems and eventually you've got the whole table figured out.
0: Yeah, but it is. It's a lot of small problems because you have to figure out how to make the dirt look real. You need all the yeah. the materials like you just said. Then you need to make the little people. Then you need to figure out how to actually build the ditch because then you're, you know, it's a three-dimensional plane or I guess, three-dimensional structure you're working off of. And then you have to weather the equipment and make it look mm-hmm. legitimate. And yeah. then I feel like you got, you, if memory serves me correct, you have a guy with a hose
1: spraying yeah. the water
0: and you got to figure That's out right. how to make water look like water, but in a static environment. And, and, and so it's yeah. just all these little problems.
1: Yeah. There's, there's so many and like, even the weathering, like of the equipment I look at. I look, okay. So I look at the blue Kong table now. It's cool. But to me now it's like child's play and I look at the weathering and everything yeah. else. And it's like, okay, well, I like, don't even want to look at this right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I was, I was going to ask that. I was like, do you, do you have to, you, I mean, cause you probably sit at that table a lot and does it just yeah. frustrate you? Do you, just, do you just, you're just looking at it the whole I, time. Like, oh, I could do that so much better.
1: I mean, like, in a way, yeah, because I know I could do it better now. But also, I got to give myself a little grace because it, it was my first one. I'd never yeah. done anything else. So I look at it. And I'm like, okay, well, this is where it all started. And it kind of shows where It kind of contrast to where I am now. And I can look at the difference between the two and feel like I've, I've learned a thing or two. Um, but, you know, maybe yeah. eventually I'll pull off the glass and re-weather the equipment and, you know, touch up things here and there. gonna get some time sure
0: yeah i um um so that i i think i remember seeing that table and some of your progress did you put you post on social media maybe like on linkedin i feel like i first saw it
1: yeah linkedin is where it really blew up uh linkedin facebook
0: yeah 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 because i remember yeah you put you posted some progress but then what really blew up was the finished product yeah it just went
1: nuts like oh it went nuts like like tens of thousands of likes and shares and millions of views on LinkedIn, yeah. which I don't know what is really considered a view on LinkedIn if it's, they're scrolling and they stop. I don't know what Who knows? I don't know how they calculate that, but anyways, it, it was huge. And I started getting all these other companies saying, hey, can you build me one? Can you build me one?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then I thought, okay, well, I guess I could make another one. So I made a short one eight feet long for the DeKalb Pipeline Company in Georgia. Okay. Put it in the back of a pickup truck, drove it down there with my sister, sold the pickup truck, set up the table, flew wow. home.
0: <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. And and still at this time, you've got a full-time day job. I mean, you still have a full-time, or I guess still a day do. job. Yeah. 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 Um, but it wasn't really, you just wanted to do it for the sake of figuring it out and building something and you had to charge for it, obviously, but it's not really, um, I guess wasn't like, I'm going to make a bunch of money on this from the beginning. No, that doesn't seem at all the point. (laughs) No, like you, you
1: charge, I guess as an estimator now, it's all really the same. It's just materials and manpower and equipment. So I I definitely didn't charge enough on the first one, but like you said, I was never doing it to make money or get rich. It's just, I love to do it. Yeah. And these people are going to pay me a bit of money to do it. So why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you make that second one. When does Herb call you?
1: Herb calls me as I'm driving down to deliver the second one. I see. And I'd seen the sergeant had been on my radar for a month or two at that point. I'd seen pictures that you guys posted when you were down at their, um, Their backcode West project, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That was a cool. I remember, yeah. Like I remember seeing that. I went around our office with my with my iPad, showing everyone, like, man, you guys got to check out what this company Sergeant is doing. Look at this. Look at the size of these culverts. Look at the excavator. Look at the crane. Yeah, like this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Just blown away. And then you get to look into the company a bit more, like their culture and everything. It's just like, man, this is this is a cool company. Sure. And then all of a sudden, I get an email from Herb saying, "Hey, I like what you do. Let's talk." Uh-huh. And maybe not word for word, but something like that. And so we get talking a little bit, and he he sends me a sketch, and he's he kind of says like like I know it's a it's a big vision and it's a it's a big undertaking, but uh, let me know your thoughts." And it's, Sergeant is turning a hundred years old. Uh, I think uh, next, in a couple of years here. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted a table that showed the humble beginnings of his grandfather, Herb, that started the company with a horse and a wagon to getting their first shovel to where they are now as just this amazing company. And and so I remember getting his sketch that he made and started putting notes on it. And I was like, good God, this thing's going to be like, Thirty feet long, forty feet long, yeah, to fit everything that's in here at, at the <laughs> one to fifty scale.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: I, they don't, they don't make these scale models. Where am I going to get them? And uh-huh. so I decided, okay, well, I will have to learn how to three D design, three D print, and I'm going to have to make these old models. And so my wife and I, you know, we went down to Maine to visit her. We went to the Cove West project. We got to go down into the boxes as they're installing one. Saw the guy sign the number. Of box cover they were putting in, just amazing. Yeah, and um, and we got to go see the original shovel that his grandfather Herb bought in um 1926.
0: Amazing. And
1: we took measurements of it. I wrote down the measurements, some notes, and then I used that to build a scale model of it for his uh his diorama, which is a timeline of the company.
0: Yeah. So, and that's where. Going back to the the scale model stuff, it gets really complicated because if it's a any kind of machine like this, right? Uh, you know, three ninety. All right, yep. We need a three ninety, or wh- wh- what was it? The Xfinity a three thirty six that they were using. Three thirty six. Frank and yep. We'll get yep. to that one. But <laughs> y- you can you can buy a three thirty six. You can order it, and then you can kind of customize it from there. Whereas, yep. a, what was a steam shovel?
1: Um, theirs was gasoline. It was converted from gasoline to steam. Or from steam to gasoline when they bought it amazing
0: okay uh, so yeah. but still a pretty rudimentary shovel you don't go to you know diecast.com and just order <laughs> one of those for
1: 79.99 because <laughs> it, it doesn't exist doesn't exist and you can't find any it's such a rare shovel so you can't find a schematic with all the dimensions and everything you need to build one online uh-huh. and so it's, and so that's why I had to go down there and measure it myself oh. uh, to build it.
0: So how then, how how long did it take just to build that shovel?
1: Oh man, it took me I I can't remember. I think twenty or thirty hours to design it, probably closer to thirty, and another good twenty plus to build it. Wow. And that's just one shovel, little shovel in this twenty-six foot long table. <laughs> so the amount of work that went to just that one piece, eh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was such ha-
1: an important shovel because it was the, replica, the shovel.
0: Yeah, yeah. You so, can skip that. You can be like, ah, you know, we're just gonna. <laughs> what, 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 what was the next machine? Let's start there. No, you yeah. got to start from the beginning. <laughs> huh. yeah. and that was actually the first piece yeah.
1: I built for that table. I, I, always like to attack the hardest part first. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's yeah, I bit off that right off the bat, and I said, okay, well, if I can build this, I can build anything else custom I need to build on this table. And there Amazing. was a, a ton that was custom, like the Frankenhope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, to explain that, yeah, the Batco project, it was a, um, it was a stormwater project. So stormwater collection. And I just talked about this with Jason Miller yesterday on the podcast, but um, the problem is you have these combined flows. I'm giving some background here to just explain the project. You know all this, but you have these combined flows of sewer and stormwater. And typically, all of that flows to the water treatment plant. There's a water treatment plant just outside of the town of Portland in in Maine. And the water treatment plant treats it and then discharges it into the water. But when it rains really heavy or snows and all that melts off, it overwhelms the storage capacity of the treatment plant. And so what happens is you have raw sewage then going into the bay area and to the ocean, which is not a good thing. So the EPA said, hey, hey, hey everybody needs to clean this up. So what Sargent was doing was establishing uh, underground storage for this stormwater. Uh, and, and part of it, because of the footprint of the project, it was really narrow. They had to put these Really wide, you know the dimensions. What were they 11 feet by like five feet? Oh man, I should know these. Uh, you built so many of these, you should, yeah. You, yeah, you should. what
1: I'm just blanking right now, man. But they were like,
0: I feel like they're uh, roughly around like 11 yeah, to 12, feet, 12 wide. feet wide, yeah, yeah, and wide. like 10 feet
1: high. Ten, 10 feet. Okay. So if I went in my so, filing cabinet, I'd find a shop drawings yeah, yeah, for the boxes yeah. <laughs> that I got to build. them. <laughs> yeah.
0: So they, they, they had to build an enormous box culvert down this road with houses and stuff on one side and, and, and beautiful lawns and trees on one side. And then the bay on the other side. And open. so
1: they're, they're 20, 20, feet wide. I think 20 it's feet wide. back to me. I think they're okay. 20 feet. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to
0: interrupt. Yeah. I, I, maybe I'm thinking of a different project. But anyway, they, they, they had to ma- put these massive box culverts into this very confined area so they couldn't lay it back at all. They had to have it shored up, and then they had very little room on either side to maneuver. And so they used this amazing gantry crane to, to pick up the boxes, and then they, it has wheels on both sides and lower the boxes into place. And then they had what they called the Frankenhoe which was a 336 standard up upper part of the machine. But then the whole undercarriage was then spread and the track sat on both sides of the excavation.
1: Yeah. It it had a span of like 35 feet, something like that.
0: 35 feet. Yeah. (laughs) Chell Chell got to see the machine and take pictures. I never saw it. Unfortunately. Oh, you never did. Hey, no, no, sadly.
1: But, and then something cool about that is that. So the original design Because it's all about volume, right? With those storage tanks. Yeah. The original design was um, it was a single cell box culvert, Um, but it was about twice as long. Uh huh. And Sargent said, "Okay, well, we've to go this deep to install these boxes. We've got to shore it up, um, no matter what. So, what if we work with the precast manufacturer and get these custom twin cell box culverts designed to double the width and half the length." Mm-hmm. so we get the same volume um, but we're putting in half as much sheet piling um, along, the, along the road Yeah, and so they increased the width of this excavation and then to dig it they said well how are we going to dig down there um, and one guy says well I've seen for getting a custom undercarriage that will span the excavation and so they got that idea from the operator of how to build that hole Amazing. And and then to dig that depth, like they're like thirty to forty feet deep. Well, standard three thirty six won't reach it. And they use a three ninety on another portion of that project that was yeah. deeper. Yeah. Um but you can you can't put a three ninety on this spanned undercarriage because it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They get a custom um stick, an extra stick that goes on the end to get that extra depth uh with a three thirty-six. Uh, so just, like, so much creativity and value engineering in that project. And, like, it was just, I was so happy to be able to, like, to build a model of that. Like, when I started talking with her, I said, like, like I, I sure hope you want to include that of West project in here because, like, I, I need to build that.
0: Yeah, well, um, and the most, you know, the amazing thing is they have a fab shop and they built that machine themselves. They I'm, did. Yeah, okay, so I'm I'm correct on that. They built that machine themselves, so they basically did what you did, but just one of one scale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> they, they, they basically just had to create it from scratch, which is amazing. Yeah,
1: well, they had the hard part; they had to figure out the engineering and everything. I just had to sure. look at it and copy it in one to fifty scale. So my yeah. part was easy.
0: Yeah, physics wasn't as much of an issue for you as it was. Yeah. <laughs> so so that uh, it's, it's so that is is how the table ends. It's the 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 shovel at the very beginning, and then that. Uh, amazing culvert project with the crane and the Frankenhoe at the other side, yeah. and then you have yeah. all sorts of stuff in between.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just like, the evolution of equipment. You know, you've got all the old Euclid trucks and yeah. um, you know, the Northwest shovel, the cable shovel, and then you move into the you know the seventies, eighties where um, hydraulic excavators become a thing and they overtake the rope shovels. So just showing that evolution. Um, over time and then finishing with, you know, GPS equipment, um, mm-hmm. building a runway at the the modern end with a drone, mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty scale drone flying overhead.
0: I liked, um, I, I, I saw that. Yeah. That was a nice touch. Very, very yeah. well done. <laughs> I um, thought you guys might appreciate that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, if it was, if it, but if it was our model, the drone would be crashed somewhere. It wouldn't yeah. be in the air. You wouldn't have had to figure that yeah, there's out.
1: There's another one underneath a, a tire somewhere. Yeah that's, yeah. that's the build with drone.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Um, how much research did you have to do to get all this right? Like how much, how much of building a table like this is just you researching or you doing math or sketching, not actually building the table.
1: It, it's different on, different on every one. Like the blue con one, I basically just used my field experience and knowledge of how to install deep utilities to build that. Sure. And so that was easier. The Sergeant one was just, it was a totally different beast because I had to research Vintage equipment and old equipment, and what was used at these times, and how was it used, and what was the safety like back then, or the lack Mm -hmm. of safety. You know, you didn't wear hard hats and reflective vests back in the fifties. Yeah, Uh, but they actually have this book. Sergeant had a a full biography done on the uh, her the grandfather who started Sergeant um, in his lifetime. He kept detailed journals every day, Mm -hmm. and so they used those and created this book with pictures. That basically told the story of the company, and so I have that on my bookshelf, and it's tabbed and marked up. And um, uh, I would take pictures from that and try to extrapolate from those to build the model, not uh, replicating, but just taking inspiration and you know all that to, to put into this model. And Herb and I would go back and forth with different designs. I would say, okay, well, based on what you want here, it's going to be this big. That means the table is going to be this long. Um, you say, okay, well, it's a bit too long. What can we cut out? So it's it's a real collaborative process the whole way. Wow. Just figuring out, you know, what um, what to include to properly tell the story.
0: Yeah. On, uh, once you get this thing together, how much time did you spend on this from start to finish? Like how many months did it take? It was,
1: it was about, about a year. About a year. Um, and about 1,250 hours.
0: 1250 hours.
1: That's a lot of nights and weekends.
0: I was going to say that's all <laughs> that's all nights and weekends hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's like 60% of a full-time job. Yep. <laughs>
1: Just yeah. Just yeah. I don't really <laughs> have a life
0: outside of this Aaron. That's, <laughs> no, no, you <laughs> that's can't That's everything. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um that's amazing. I yeah, I was so I was so curious how many hours you spend on it. Um so you you, you get this all together And the table was divided in three?
1: The diorama was in four segments. In four segments. And then the slabs themselves were divided um, into four as well, I guess. There's four slabs, like four quadrants, I guess, that connect in the middle.
0: Because how how long did the table end up being? It was 26 feet. 26 feet. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you can't put the thing on a flatbed and drive it to Maine from calgary uh and so you have to figure out how to fit in uh you, you put it in a u-haul right box truck yeah my we i built crates um put
1: them in a u-haul and my wife and i drove it down across the united states to maine
0: amazing amazing yeah. and, and that was uh,
1: about a, a couple months before our wedding and so that was oh, a wow. true test you know is this is this really going to work out and yeah we concluded after that journey that it was it was a good decision
0: you know we were those those, yeah. those U-Hauls suck to drive. There's Dirt. no cruise control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't they limited too on speed? Um,
1: if they are, mine wasn't bad. It was, I could always get to the speed limit.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because I drove one one time from Arizona to Texas and I couldn't get to the speed limit. Uh, I think it was limited oh, really? at 70 and in Arizona, speed limit 75, which was frustrating. Okay. And then the other thing, and this was the same thing that was true with our RV this summer is there is no sound deadening. No. And so it is no. so loud, so yeah. loud.
1: Well, get this. So like we're driving and it's either our Apple watches or our phones. They're, all, they're, they're listening to how loud the area is that you're in. Yeah. And if you're being overexposed to a loud environment and they were constantly giving us warnings <laughs> that it was too loud and we were ruining our ears. They need and ear so protection. We, yeah. we would drive with our AirPod noise canceling headphones in for a lot of the way. Cause it, it, it really is just so loud.
0: Yeah. I, well, I did uh, the RV this summer. I had it noise canceling headphones on for yeah. most of the time. Cause it, 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 it's like a, a safety thing for me. Like I can hear better with these on Yeah, <laughs> I can just driving this thing. Yeah. Um, how, how long did it take to set it up once you were at that sergeant?
1: Uh, it was about uh, two days, okay. solid day and a half. And then we had kind of a, a grand reveal type uh get together with everyone in the office um some of his family my parents actually surprised me and came down there as well that's um, awesome to see if, you know the the curtain pulled or the sheet pulled wow. off the table so it's pretty amazing i I, ass-
0: I assume the feedback on that one was pretty spectacular oh yeah yeah they're they're so happy yeah yeah and just even on the internet i mean just the I feel like the amount of attention you've got with that table is, is just spectacular.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's mind blowing. And yeah, I mean, I post a lot, maybe I know some people, but if you don't like it, you don't have to follow. But yeah, like I, I I posted probably hundreds of posts on that table in the process just because the scope was so big. Um, yeah, tons of
0: attention. Yeah. Um, and then that's crazy after that, do you have a bunch of people calling you? Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I got a, a long list of people who were interested, and in even like because it's it's a, it's a side hustle, and my schedules unpredictable. So I just commit to one project at a time. Yeah. So I just I have a waiting list, and I put people on my wait list, and if I get an opening, I'll reach out, and you know maybe we'll make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one project at a time right now, and mm-hmm. um you know who the next one's for.
0: I do know who the next one's for. And I'm, I, I saw that and I couldn't be more excited. I was like, ah, oh, that's going to be so cool. So cool. Because their equipment is awesome and where they work is awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? When you, yes. Like, when you know the company, you know Shea. Um, yeah. He's a big model collector himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, have you, uh, did you go out there? No, no, I haven't been out there. Oh, you haven't been out there. Yeah, so you I want to. Yeah, he, I mean, in in his basement, speaking of models and basements, he has that. uh, And I know, I feel like you've maybe weathered some stuff for him on that model. I
1: I haven't weathered any of his stuff, but I've built built a few custom pieces. Yeah. A a grout mixer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I feel like he said you were doing something for it. But yeah, he has this remarkable um, shoring project, shoring diorama that he's worked on for a very long time. And it is. I, it's probably the nicest small model I've seen. It's the thing is beautiful. Um, but then he now has a kid, and he's got plenty on his plate. So I'm sure the yeah. model building is not first and foremost for him. So seeing him working with you is so exciting. Yeah, and
1: and this is um Shay Stutzman. Um, yeah, Stutzman Grubas for all those who are who are
0: wondering. Yeah, in Aspen, Colorado, um, the guy with all the wacky equipment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 he and so yeah, like you said, he's a really talented model builder himself. Yeah, and he's got like a crazy eye for detail. Yes, and so like first of all, I'm honored to be able to build something for him, but also I know the expectations are very high, which I'm comfortable with. But it's it's not it's not like building a diorama or model for anyone else, just anyone. This is a guy who he's got an eye for the finest details.
0: Yeah, but Um, that so, but but the expectations are high. But that's so cool at the same time, because he is going to appreciate it unlike anybody else, because exactly he can, he can yeah. fully understand what it takes, the skill level it takes to actually get it to that point. Yeah. like even in his basement, too, you know, um, like the cat 6090 diecast model, I want one so bad, but I, I don't have that kind of disposable <laughs> income <laughs> like <laughs> they're, they're not cheap uh, but you know, typically you buy that thing and it, and it, it in itself is a statement piece because that's a very rare model, very expensive model. And it's just huge. It's a, a giant mm. machine. It's the biggest hydraulic shovel in the world. That's not good enough for him. He makes this little diorama setup where it's, it's a crew assembling the shovel. So he's got the yeah. the crane and the guys on the man baskets and the, the bucket coming in on a truck and the, the the, the, the front parts disassemble. You're like, who does this? This is, yeah. who does this? This is yeah. So I've cool. seen
1: pictures of that, of that setup he's got. It's just, uh, it's, yeah. And, and he's got his, you know, the, the suitsman logo on everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah Cause yeah. his, his branding yeah. is on point as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Like you say, yeah. like it's always more fulfilling and rewarding to build something for someone who appreciates it. Sure. And Herb was, Herb, Herb was like that. And Shay mm-hmm. is, he's the same. He's right up there.
0: Um so what did what did he request? I mean what can you I guess disclose about this one? Well
1: we're still kind of working on the design. Um but we know um part of the scope at least is going to be a crew working on uh, a water main replacement um on Main Street in Aspen in nice. front of the Hotel Jerome, which is a very historic iconic hotel in yep. Aspen.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's he loves that hotel and I I can see why now cuz it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. So I feel like I think he got married there. He did. Yeah. There's a picture of him with a. It's like an old D seven, D six, or D seven. Yeah. With a wooden cabin and he's got, I think rubber or something on the the track pad so the cleats <laughs> don't wreck the road. Like <laughs> that's how you get married.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That's a that's a a carriage. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Like, so on this project, so something new that's different than the last ones is getting into the designing and construction of buildings Mm -hmm. so i've started that project by building that hotel Mm -hmm. i've kind of finished the front facade um, for the hotel already and that's a big learning curve too like how to build a scale building and there's people out there that that's all they do and they're experts at it um, like architects and people like that Um, so i I try to learn as much as i can from them and then just trial and error
0: yeah Um, and you I feel like over the past few years, you've gotten a lot of new fancy tools. I have, uh, yeah. Yeah, you've gotten some, like, you're, you're reinvesting back in your side hustle. I know. Oh, I know yeah. That much. Not, not, I don't pocket a lot of cash, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. goes all think, back into the shop. Yeah, there's, not a, there's not a boat that's competing for space in the shop. There's uh, nope. just more tools. More um, tools, yeah. But it, it seems like you're almost out of room. But, yeah, you've got some, yeah. some pretty sweet stuff, like that laser engraver that I know you yeah. use for that, that, that hotel front. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I bought the laser for this project actually. But now it's it's like anything—you get a tool for a certain project, even in construction, if we want to relate it to that. You buy this big excavator for a given project, and then you find a million a million other uses and projects for it down the road. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same situation here. Um, but yeah, getting more technology in the shop—lasers, um, CNC equipment, stuff like that. Yeah, not taking away. The craftsmanship, but just complementing it is how I see it. Sure. Like yeah, GPS and equipment. You yeah. Know, it's just it's just technology and tools and helps get the job done better.
0: Well, because even with a, a 3D printer, uh, you have to still design what you're creating and still have to understand how the 3D printer builds what you're creating. And then yeah. you have to, it doesn't oftentimes give you the perfect thing. You have to maybe polish it up a little bit then you have to paint it there's there's still so much there it's not yeah. this easy button hey i want construction worker that's 53 years old slightly overweight has been smoking for the past eight years like doesn't work that way you got to make that yeah. yourself
1: you gotta you gotta design every little detail detail intentionally like yeah nothing just comes to be like it's it, it all has to be intentional yeah yeah so
0: yeah. um did you make did you did you put herb in the diorama?
1: Oh well, I got I've got a lot of herbs in the diorama. Oh. <laughs> I've got well I've, I've got um like um eight, like Herb E Sarge and the grandfather. I've got him numerous times for from when he was a teenager shoveling sawdust. That's where he started, you know, shoveling sawdust to sell for ice boxes. Didn't wow. have freezers back then in the early nineteen wow. hundreds. Yeah. Um I've got him like growing up in different phases of the diorama. When we hit the 70s and 80s in the trees, I've got um, the herb that we know standing in the trees as a little boy, looking down at the equipment, thinking, hey, maybe maybe someday I'm going to join those guys and run some equipment and Uh get into this construction world. Uh So he enters there, and then there's another one of him, more grown up, standing beside his grandfather, looking at this quarry and looking at the equipment with his grandfather giving him tips. Wow. You know, stuff like that. So,
0: wow. That's He's in there cool. a couple times. That's yeah. very cool. That's so cool. With um the one in Aspen, you're going to have to make sure to put in some some moms drinking champagne at like you know, 10 a.m. Uh, a Bentley <laughs> for sure. You got a Bentley, to put, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. you need a Bentley. Yeah, it is a Gucci store. The, the, the Gucci store, yeah. And yeah, I'm joking I mean about this, but it's not a joke. Like the last time I went to see Shay, he was working across the street from the Gucci store.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 It's the most ridiculous they're, they're probably They're probably understanding. They say, hey, listen, this construction's got to get done. Let these construction people work as long as they need to, make as much yeah. noise. It's got to yes. be done. We it's understand. A, it's
0: very understanding crowd. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But that... Like they've been, they've been doing it there for decades and decades and decades and decades. So they know how to do it and they know how to play the game, which is like a big, not the competitive advantage for them, but certainly a competitive advantage because they just know how to do work very, very well in Aspen, which is yeah. not a market most people could work in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. tight and they've got the specialized equipment to do it. They've got, um, like you had shown in some of your videos, they've got working in this tight alley beside these stores. They have a pizza wheel for the, Excavator to cut the yes. asphalt um, yes. instead of a you know, saw cutting it and making dust and noise. Yeah. So we've got the right tools to to work in that area.
0: Well, I'm hoping I know my photos came into use, or our photos came into use on the sergeant one, and I'm hoping yep. my photos can come into use on the latest one.
1: And so they absolutely will. Yeah, I
0: am honored to be a very small piece of this in providing you some quality quality photographs of what you're building
1: i'll have to stick a small aaron in there with an orange <laughs> yeah. hard hat taking yeah. a picture <laughs> yeah
0: no don't do that i don't, I don't belong in aspen I, that, <laughs> that would just be out of place <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but um, um i guess
1: kind of going back to what that one's going to include so we have the water main replacement that was the original scope we yeah. might expand it to show some of the other things they do because deep utilities deep utilities is just one small piece of the puzzle yeah so yeah we'll show a little more in there, I think
0: if you don't expand it to them digging underneath a historic house that's propped up on timbers.
1: jacks yeah, timbers
0: right. <laughs> yeah i'm I'm going to be disappointed because that, that it,
1: that's in the works there, and it's', it's good. in discussion here yeah.
0: good because <laughs> uh, that is one of the most spectacular things I've seen everybody they always ask me like what's the craziest stuff you've seen and Like, yeah, the big stuff, like Fort McMurray, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Or seeing you guys doing the the pre-cut and then, you know, the triple, triple Mm -hmm. three lines right in the same trench. I mean, all that's spectacular. But some of the small stuff is cool, too, like seeing a mini excavator underneath a historic house that's been propped up and had a 30-foot excavation dug underneath it in, in downtown Aspen. You're like, what is this? This is wild.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and and the original design too, it, it had a um their new custom D one kind of Ooh, doing yeah. the 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 road um gravel based prep. Yes. Um and there was there was no track loader in the original design and that would just be a crime if be. there was no track loader on a Stutzman diorama. It would be so we're working on that, and we're going to find a way to get one in there.
0: <laughs> good, good. All right, I, yeah. I'm really, really happy to hear this. Yeah, he yeah. he got. I was, that was the trip to Switzerland with him where he got the idea for the dozer with the excavator pads because we yeah. were watching a D6 um, with with those pave on a runway. Pave. Asphalt. Oh,
1: in Zurich there, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: cool. Yeah, and and then Shay's like, "Wait a minute, that would be way better than a grader for what we do," and then. Fast forward two years later, I'm out on a job. They're in Basalt and there's the dozer kicking ass, doing its thing, finish grading for paving. And I'm like, that's actually just so brilliant. It, it works. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. And then yeah. you put it on the internet and everybody's like, oh, that's, that's so fucking dumb. And you're like, all right. People with no imagination, you just stay yeah. in your own little world, go back under your rock and let people with the big imaginations just do what they do like Shay because they're yeah. doing just fine.
1: Yeah, and I find that just to kind of speak to the trolls and stuff on the internet and people, you know, in different regions in construction companies do things differently. The soil's different. Yeah, they just have their different way of doing things. And so when you when I built a diorama, say for BlueCon or anyone else, you always get people commenting, "Oh, well, why are they doing that?" Or "Oh, where's your trench box? Safety's no joke, Ryan." <laughs> 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 like on the BlueCon one, I got so many complaints about the slope, but up here. And with cohesive clay soil, you can slope your ditch at like thirty degrees yeah. from the vertical plane. And yeah. so on that one, the blue con one, I had my iPhone with the inclinometer on it. And I would put it on a slope and I would make sure it's at thirty three degrees from the vertical plane. Uh-huh. And based on our soil conditions here, it is safe. Uh-huh. But people all over the world don't see things that way. It's so funny. So <laughs> it's just you never so... you never get criticism on your stuff. So you wouldn't really get it.
0: I just chuckle, though, because it is so <laughs> narrow minded. It's just oh, like it is. them yeah. criticizing that shows how little they know, which <laughs> is the irony. Yeah. It's like you, by making this comment, you're saying that you don't really understand what's going on here. And, yeah. and, and, and I love it when people correct somebody or something. And they're completely wrong, but they're so sure about
2: it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's my favorite. <laughs> when, yeah. when they're going out of the way to correct you, you're like, no, like, were you there? Have you ever, have you ever visited this project and talked to the project manager? Cause I have. Yeah. Jack Wagon. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but even like the differences with what BlueCon does, I was amazed. And, and I, this was stuff I hadn't even thought of. In Arizona, a water line is four feet below the surface. And why would you? ever go beyond that. It 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 doesn't make sense. Waste of time, waste of money. You put your sewer in, you put your storm in, and then you do your water on top of that. You guys have to put water way down in the ground. And, I, and I'm sitting there I'm like, why would you do that? And, and, and you look at me, it wasn't you, but I quickly figured this out. Like, listen, dummy, there's something called winter up here in Canada. And with winter, things get cold. And and things freeze, and and our ground freezes. So we have mm-hmm. to put the the water line that far down. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I get it. I see what's going on here.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. Lots well, of closed cl- closed minds out there. Yeah.
0: Well. I um, wholeheartedly appreciate what you've got going and I cannot wait to see this, this next model because it will be a work of art. And I hope to one day visit Sargent's new HQ to see the, 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 the last piece of art. And um, maybe I'll catch you in Calgary this summer. I might be up there. I'll let you know.
1: Okay. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah. would love to. Hey, listen, man. I appreciate your support for having me on here.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about who would be great this year. And I've been liking your stuff like crazy for a long time now. It's like, oh, oh, I need to have him on to talk about dioramas and tables yeah, and yeah, fake construction sites. Fake construction sites. <laughs> but that that's what's so funny is, you know, you you I um you go onto these job sites and they're very intimidating because everybody, you know, is, is big typically pretty burly, you know, big big beards or big elaborate mustaches and and especially in you know, states like maybe some tattoos, some guys are smoking and and at least me, you know, I I would show up 18 19 20 years old like this little kid, like bring your kid to work day. And everybody's like, "Who the hell are you?" But then you realize through like a table like this or a diorama that these are all just big kids. Everybody just is so enamored by uh, these, these fake construction sites or these Lego models or these diecast models. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's so funny. It just breaks down all of those barriers and you're like, oh yeah, everybody's just like a big kid. And, and everybody thinks this is cool. Yeah, everybody's a big kid.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like when we have people coming for like safety orientations or interviews mm-hmm. in our office, we always go to the, the, the conference room with the table. just the excitement and like it just draws all the passion in these people or they'll come in with their families and they'll point to the guy spraying the water and they're showing their kids they're like look this is me this is what i do right here and you can see it and it's tangible yeah Um, yeah yeah it just gets people so excited i was thinking too you know like aside from like construction and maybe farming what other industry has people who are so passionate about what they do that they collect skill models of the tools and equipment that they use to make their living. Sure. Right. Like like people who work in finance, they don't, they don't, I guess they, they collect money, but not skill (laughs) models of
0: calculators. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rolexes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, But, but that's, I think that's what's so special about, about building stuff is, is it's, it's tangible. You can, Mm-hmm. You can see it. It's it's in the real world, whereas so many careers yeah. and jobs are on this thing that is the computer. And mm-hmm. you can't show this thing that is the computer to anybody else, your kids, your your family, or your friends. It doesn't because it doesn't really exist in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And that's what's so, I think, unique about construction and what gives a lot of people that sense of pride that just isn't in most other industries. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I'm, 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 I really appreciate you taking some time. I glad, I'm glad this was a good day to do it since it's miserably cold outside for you.
1: Minus, minus 40 for everyone out there. And I think, correct me if I'm mistaken, but isn't minus 40 where Celsius, Celsius and Fahrenheit.
0: It's just about there. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. close. Hey? It's close. So yeah. I it's think bloody I, cold. It's, yeah. It's just miserable no matter. Yeah. Fahrenheit or Celsius. I've had to, um, I'm dating a woman on the metric system and I'm on the imperial system. Good for you. This yeah. is a good move, Aaron. This <laughs> which is, a good is <laughs> which is really <laughs> had to, you know, cause like when you're not together, what do you, what, what's one uh, topic of conversation? Weather, like h- how is it there? Like you're working outside. Like, is it, is it hot? It's it cold. And I've had to figure out the conversion between <laughs> yeah. and Celsius in my head. And then I've tried to on my social posts too, cause I've realized, you know, you, you, Especially in America, Canada is probably pretty similar. We're 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 in our world, like we're we don't really get out all that much. Uh, especially Americans, I think I feel like people assume that the world is America, and they forget that there's other stuff outside. Of, and and America is four percent of the global population, and that number alone is like, oh oh yeah okay. So there's a lot more out there, and uh, so I just assume you know it's just a bunch of guys that live around here that fall along, but. The the audience and your audience, I think too, is global, Uh, and so whenever I say a statistic or a a number, I try. I'm now trying to convert it for everybody so that people, no matter where they are, can at least follow along. I'm trying to do it for them, and uh, people have really appreciated it, which is which is amazing. Yeah, it's
1: very considerate of you. Yes, as it's funny in my in my wood shop, like we're metric up here, but in my wood shop, I'm I bounce between the two.
2: Uh,
1: I, I have tape measures and they're, they're both imperial and metric. Yeah. And here's how smart I am. If I'm measuring something and it's closer to a nice even number in imperial, I'll go with imperial. If it's closer to a nice even number in metric, I'll go with metric for uh, that
0: measurement. Well done. Yeah. 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 They, they, they both have something to, uh, they leave something to desire. I feel like.
2: I, I think, think so. Yeah. Any
0: system's perfect, but metric makes a lot more sense well um yeah thanks again for coming on uh if people want to follow you on social media where do they go for that
1: um instagram and facebook i guess are my instagram is my biggest platform ryan Hassan woodworks um Hassan's with two a's h-a-a-s-e-n okay. um you'll you'll see me it's i'm the scale diorama t- table guy
0: not not hard to find so okay Well, cool. Well, thanks, Ryan. I I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks,
1: Aaron. Yeah. Good chatting.